It's the week before the U.S. men's national team opens World Cup qualifying camp again, and three of the team's players are the subject of some interesting transfer or trade talks. Sam Stayskill is here to break down Paul Ariola potentially to FC Dallas, Brendan Aronson potentially to Leeds United, and Matt Turner potentially to Arsenal. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Friday, January 21st. First, an abbreviated TV guide for this weekend. As usual, all times are Eastern. Saturday starts off with some interesting Bundesliga games. I'll highlight two of them. Both kick off at 9.30 a.m. on ESPN+. Bayer Leverkusen vs. Augsburg. Leverkusen is fighting to stay in the Champions League spots. Augsburg is at the bottom end of the table trying to stay out of the relegation spots. Ricardo Pepe, of course, will probably be involved for Augsburg, so if you're interested in Yanks abroad, that's a good one for you. There's also Hoffenheim versus Dortmund. These are just two teams that are both in the top four in the Bundesliga. Both play really good soccer. Just a solid matchup between two good teams. I really recommend watching. At 10 a.m. on Peacock, Manchester United versus West Ham. West Ham United is, of course, clinging to that last spot in the top four in the EPL. Man United could leapfrog them with the win and go into the top four, though that could be temporary depending on other results. Either way, this is a high-stakes game, and it should be a really good one. At noon, there are two good options. One of them, Inter Milan versus Venezia at noon on Paramount+. Plus. Inter is trying to hang on to their two-point lead on top of Serie A. Venezia is fighting relegation. It's kind of similar to that Leverkusen-Augsburg game, except in Italy, and it should be a good one as well. Also some U.S. national team interest there on Venezia. Then at 12.30, Southampton hosts Manchester City, who have, of course, been on an absolute terror recently. They're far ahead at the top of the EPL table. That's on Big NBC again at 12.30 p.m. At 3 p.m. in La Liga, it's Atletico Madrid versus Valencia, and the day finishes up in Liga MX. At 10 p.m., Club América hosts Atlas on Tudene, and then shortly thereafter, Monterrey hosting Cruz Azul on Fox Sports 2. Both of those are really good matchups between two good teams in both cases. Sunday is notable because it's the beginning of the Africa Cup of Nations knockout round. At 11 a.m., Burkina Faso vs. Gabon on BN Sports Extra, which you can watch for free on bnsports.com. 2 p.m., Nigeria vs. Tunisia, also on BN Sports Extra. Outside of that, I'll give you three picks for club games to watch on Sunday. On 11.30 a.m., a big one in the Premier League. Chelsea vs. Tottenham, that's on Peacock. 1.45 p.m., another big one in England, but this time on the women's side, Manchester City vs. Arsenal. Arsenal leads the WSL right now. And they beat Man City 5-0 last time out in September. But they're still two really good teams. And City will have plenty of motivation to reverse that result in some way on Sunday. Finally, at 2.45 p.m., it's a big one in Italy. AC Milan versus Juventus. That's on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, let's send it over to Sam. Sam Stay School, I have you with me because we're recording this on Thursday, and it's been a very busy Thursday for U.S. men's national team, potential transfers, potential uh, moves, and intriguing ones all around. So I want to go through them sort of one by one, Um, starting with Paul Areola, the latest reporting being from multiple sources or multiple reports saying that he is going from D.C. United. At first, it was to Club America. (laughs) And now it is to FC Dallas, which mm-hmm. I think 
caught a lot of people by surprise. Can you give us some insight into what's going on with the U.S. national team winger there? Yeah, so according to Tom Bogart of MLS Soccer and Steve Goff of the Washington Post, uh, Ariola is going to Dallas for $2 million, up to $2 million in general allocation money, which would be a record amount in MLS, biggest, most expensive trade in league history. Um, there are a lot of different things that I feel about this trade. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, there are some league, like, ramifications or things that we can pull from it. But I think, you know, we can start by evaluating it as a trade, right? So sure. for Ariola, um, you know, he leaves DC where he's been since the summer of 2017. Uh, it's a style of play there under Hernan Losada that is very much about being without the ball. You know, it's high press, no priority on possession, turn teams over, win the ball in transition, go to goal. Um, and Ariola is well suited, I think, to that style of play. But it's also fair to say that that style of play isn't like that much fun for players to play in. <laughs> it's a lot of running. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a lot of having the ball. Um, and, and people can grow tired of that. I don't know if that's the case here or not. But for him going to Dallas, working under Nico Estevez, their new head coach, who was very familiar in his work with Ariola when he was an assistant with the U.S. national team for the last few years, um, they're going to play with more of the ball. They're going to at least try to anyhow. Um, and so I think for Ariola in a World Cup year, in a year he's trying to make that roster should the U.S. indeed qualify, um, I think that could be valuable for him to kind of help work on his final ball, maybe get a little bit better in the last third. Um, so I think it's a decent landing spot for him as a player. For D.C., it's a ton of money. It's that a is a lot of money. of money, yeah. You know, you think about $2 million in allocation money, and we don't know exactly yet how it's structured, but – but if it's all coming in 2022, that's a that's like 20% of their non-designated player, non-U22 initiative budget. That's huge. Yeah. You know, DC historically has not spent very much outside of the salary budget. They haven't spent that much discretionary money on DPs or U22 guys. So adding that on the cap, essentially, making it so their owners don't have to go out of their own pocket, but you're still creating $2 million of extra space, that could be really valuable for them. They have to go out and actually replace Ariola, who was quite good last year, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they have the flexibility to do so and to add really a couple high-impact pieces um, in his wake. So so that's that element. And then for Dallas, you know, $2 million is a lot for DC. It's a lot for Dallas to pay yeah. as well, right? They have but, a little bit in the bank. <laughs> exactly. They have quite a bit in the bank. You know, yeah. they just sold Ricardo Pepe for $20 million. Up to $1 million of that can be converted into general allocation money. Same thing with all the other sales they've done. Yeah. Up to $1 million of those sales can be converted into general allocation money. And it's important to remember, you know, we can't just look at this in a vacuum, right? For people that are saying, oh, well, Darlington Nagby went two years ago for just about a million. Walker Zimmerman went a few years ago for just, just about under a million and and he's you know winning defender of the year in back-to-back -back seasons like and now Ariola is worth twice that yeah like that's crazy right and on the surface yeah but that would be ignoring the fact that mls has substantially increased the amount of general allocation money given to every team uh in in the most recent cba so there's a lot more for these teams to play with to begin with and then you throw in the transfers that dallas has had and they have a lot more than everybody else to play with right yeah. So, so, you know, it sort of makes sense for them too. So that's how I see it from that perspective. But there is another element to this deal, Alex. 
which is, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was teeing you up for that question. I didn't want to okay. talk too long. I was rambling. <laughs> so the other element to this deal is Club America, right? Yes. And and they reportedly made, from best I can tell, according to various different reporters, I think like four or five guys were, were talking about this one on our side of the border, at least five bits least five transfer offers for Ariola. And it was reported earlier on Thursday that Ariola went to DC United and said, Hey, I don't want to go to Mexico. I want to stay within MLS, keep me within the league. And thus the trade to Dallas. Ariola himself, he responded to that tweet with like a gif and some emojis that would seem feel pretty confident saying yeah. seem to uh question that narrative well the fa- it's the famous gif with nick young and about a million question marks with one big question mark at the end so yeah literally many question marks around that particular uh <laughs> claim in the report i guess we we can call we can start to call paul swaggy pete now um sure. after nick young we can uh, anyway um so maybe he did want to go but for dc united it might behoove them depending on their priorities to keep him within MLS. Right. So, and that goes back to the transfer fee thing that I was talking about with Dallas. So let's right. say that America would have paid $3 million, just pulling a random number out for Paul Ariel. That's 3 million cash, right? That DC United receives most of, um, not quite all. The league gets a little, little bit of that cut. Um, and Tijuana would get some of that as right. well. Um, Paul Ariel so, was a former know, club before he came to DC United. So let's say they get $2 million or whatever, right? That's cash. That's cool. They can spend that on their academy, on facilities, on coaching staffs, on trainers, on food that they feed their players after a game, like whatever. They can spend it on a DP. You know, they can spend it on anything. What they cannot do is use it to increase how much money they can spend on their off-budget player or their on-budget players, you know? So those guys that fit under the salary cap, the bulk of your roster. And so if DC, you know, knows that that 2 million cash isn't going to be as valuable to them as 2 million in GAM, then yeah, it would make sense from their point of view to tr- make the trade for Ariola within the league. And, and that's just kind of, just kind of a weird dynamic for MLS. Yeah. And it's something that we've seen repeatedly over the years. I should probably say at this point that this is exactly the kind of dynamic that you and our coworker, Paul Tenorio and... Now others, now that Paul is on parental leave, talk about on a weekly basis on a podcast called Allocation Disorder that uh, anybody that isn't subscribed yet and you're listening to this and you're interested in MLS stuff, like subscribe. What are you doing? Do it. Um, We're going to move away from MLS, though, because that is but one of three big U.S. men's national team potential transfers that went down today as we're recording this on Thursday. The other one being something that you were reporting on directly, Sam, uh, Brendan Aronson, currently at Red Bull Salzburg in Austria, but is the subject of what sounds like a genuine transfer battle, transfer effort, whatever you want to call it, from Leeds United, of course, the Premier League push. Club. Transfer push. 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 I like it. There we go. Yeah. Push. From Leeds United in the Premier League, coach, of course, by Marcelo Bielsa. That would certainly, that certainly sounds exciting. Uh, what do you know about this one? Sure does. Uh, Sam. Um, yeah. So Leeds had a bid of 15 million pounds, which for those Americans in this audience, which I'm assuming is most of you, most shout of out us, to yeah. Canada. <laughs> uh, it's 20 million US dollars, roughly. Uh, they had a bid rejected by Salzburg for that amount. Um, they've sent representatives to Austria since to try and work out a deal. Uh, Victor Orta, their sporting director, I'm told was, you know, 
one of the people in the traveling party. And according to people I've talked to, according to sources I've talked to, Leeds is considering making a new bid for 20 million pounds, which is 27 million US dollars for Aronson in an attempt to get this deal over the line. They clearly want him in the January window, but they have a little bit of a problem in Salzburg. They don't want to sell, not just Aronson, but any of their players, because they have a, a relatively significant matchup coming in the Champions League round of 16 in February with Bayern Munich. And, you know, I think we can all say pretty confidently that Bayern Munich are, are the heavy favorites to advance from that one. But Salzburg have never made it this far in the competition, and right. they want to be able to put their best foot forward. Um, Leeds, I think, from what I've been told, um, would still be interested in acquiring him in the summer, even if they can't get him this window. Uh, whether or not Aronson would still be down with the move at that point, who knows? Whether or not Salzburg would be down, who knows? Um, but it's going to be interesting. If I had to guess, I would say it would wait until the summer. At least I don't think it gets done this window, because if you're Salzburg and you sell one guy, then you can't really justify Everybody going to go. the others and saying, no, we can't sell you because, well, then they'll, they'll be like, well, what about him? That's yeah. not fair. <laughs> so I, I don't think they're going to open Pandora's box like that. And last but certainly not least, the one that maybe is the most out of left field transfer that I can remember in U.S. soccer. Arsenal, according to multiple reports, have made a bid, a significant bid for Matt Turner Goalkeeper for the New England Revolution, currently, as of based on the last several games, the backup for the U.S. men's national team, but has been in a competition for Zach Steph- with Zach Steffen for the starting job. Sam, what do you think of this move? This it seems, um, it seems I don't rather crazy the, to me. <laughs> I don't think it's the most out of left field thing we've ever seen. Okay, well, <laughs> it's up there though. It's in the conversation. Name what's I mean, more out of left field? Anthony Robinson from Wigan to AC Milan. That was a thing that almost happened. Almost, um, almost. I mean, this might also not happen. I mean, so, would yeah. have, it would have happened. It would have had had he not failed his medical because of heart condition. It's true. Um, it's true. So, uh, it's good shot. I mean, lest we forget, Luciano Acosta to Paris Saint Germain. Not an American. <laughs> American related. Anyway, uh, I'm just saying. And and given you know Zach Steffen went to Manchester City, Matt Turner, maybe a little bit worse than Zach Steffen going to yeah. Arsenal. Uh, definitely a little bit worse than Man City, yeah. you know. If you if you do it like that, then sure. then I think it makes some sense. That being said, I these don't are semantics, makes, Sam. Tell me, I don't <laughs> think it makes much sense for Turn. Um, yeah, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording, Alex. But you know, you're gonna go to a club in Arsenal who just bought a goalkeeper in Aaron Ramsdale, who is four years younger than Matt Turner for you know a fee that could go as high as 40 million dollars and he's you know been playing pretty well for the club in his first half season um so why would you go there to be a backup when your main argument for playing time with the usmnt is that you are playing every week for new england and zach stefan is not for manchester city where he is a backup so yeah it's cool arsenal cool club cool brands big name. I'm sure there would be massive financial ramifications here for Turner. And that's not something that, that should be overlooked um, because that is a real reason to go and a good one at that. Certainly um, is. But for him to continue to his development, you need to get games. And, you know, I would, I would think um, I would hope as a proponent of Turner's ability that he could find an offer 
that maybe might not be quite as lucrative, um, but one that, you know, could end with him actually playing more than five or six games per season. And I think that's probably what he would get at Arsenal. Once again, Sam Stasekul is a co-host of Allocation Disorder, also on the Athletic Podcast Network. It also shows up on the Total Soccer Show feed if you're a subscriber there. Sam, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. Thank you. Elsewhere in soccer news, the Canadian Soccer Federation announced that it will limit attendance at the USA-Canada World Cup qualifier in Hamilton, Ontario, to 50% of capacity due to COVID-19 concerns. Tim Hortons Field has a capacity of just over 26,000, which means about 13,000 will be in attendance for that one. Also, NWSL players have decided that they will not report to preseason camps when they open on February 1st, unless their Players Association finalizes a collective bargaining agreement, or CBA, with the league. This report is via The Athletic's Meg Linehan. If it happens, this would be the first work stoppage related to CBA negotiations, which have been ongoing for over two years in the NWSL. An agreement would be the league's first CBA with its players. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic and listening on the app. And you can get 33% off a year's subscription to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening and happy soccer to you all.